It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan. And usually I'm with my guy, Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports, but he's on assignment, quote unquote, assignment this week. So we got something just as good for you. And that's my guy, Tim Barbalace from Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan. Thank you so much, Tim for being able to join me this week uh, while Cordell is on quote-unquote assignment. <laughs> you know I'm always uh, on the ready, Rita. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we're about to get close to training camp. We're about under 10 days, and I know that people are excited uh, because football season, to me, is officially starting once training camp gets here. Um, but until then... There's been some odds and some betting because we know people love to gamble. That's what we love to do around these parts. Uh, and so I want to talk about the odds in which we've seen specifically geared towards the Ravens. And I want to know your take uh, about these specific odds. So let's start with the first one. The Ravens are uh, average win-loss is going to be nine and a half games. First of all, I hate when they do this half thing. I get it. I understand. You, you know, they can't give you the whole because they want you to either to lose or win, and there ain't no in between. I get it. But we know that there's no such thing as half games. Unless we're talking about a tie, then what? Well, I guess, I guess it's still – you still wouldn't even get it. It's not a half. Right, it's not a half. So, anyway, <laughs> the, the Ravens are projected – to win nine and a half games this season over or under for the Ravens. I'm over on it and I'm very bullish on this team and we're going to get more into the offense and Lamar, but I think this offense is really ready to roll. Do I still have question marks uh, defensively when it comes to the cornerback depth and edge rush, just question marks there in terms of guys that have done it or a Tyus Bowser who has done it still coming back from the Achilles, but I think this team's going to be right there. And I think it's going to make the playoffs and you just look at the schedule. And even if you predict from a conservative mindset, let's just say they split with the division. They're three and three in the division right there. Yeah. And then, you know, you can go to some other tough games that people perceive like the, 
49ers, for example, the Chargers, the Jags, the Dolphins. I mean, all of those teams right there, that's assuming worst case scenario, they lose all of them. You still have 10 wins. Now, doing this exercise, we know some of these teams are going to be better than we think and some are worse, but nine and a half, I feel like is a good number. And I, I would, I would put some money on that and I will put some money on that Rita. (laughs) <laughs> so I take it that you're taking the over. Um, yes. I, I can see the Ravens winning about 10 games minimum because remember we've added an extra game. So if they go 10 and seven, um, you know, it, it's, it's still over nine and a half, not saying that I think that the Ravens are projected to win um, just, just 10 games, but we do have to be cognizant of the fact that their schedule is pretty brutal, particularly down the stretch and in the beginning because they play all of their division opponents within the first five weeks. So, um, you know, it could be very difficult moving forward once you get past um, the November part. Uh, Because it really starts around, I think, the Chargers game, which is somewhere around Thanksgiving, and it just gets brutal from there. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I do think that they can muster up 10 wins. I think that this roster is good enough to come up with 10 wins as well. To make the playoffs, they are minus 150. So they are favored to make the playoffs, which is interesting because if you if you had them at nine and a half wins, I don't really know how comfortable you would feel about that in the AFC with all the teams that are really good there and in the AFC North in their own division. But they are projected based on uh, gambling odds to make the playoffs. What say you, Tim? No, I, th- I think they'll make the playoffs, and they made it last year, even with Lamar going down in December again. But like you said, Rita, the AFC is no joke. When you got the the Bills and the Bengals and the Jags are going to be the darlings this year, the defending yep. champion Chiefs and and the Chargers and the Dolphins. Of course, that depends on Tua's health, but the AFC is loaded, and it's loaded with good young quarterbacks, and then. Then you got the old head, Aaron Rodgers, going to New York, playing with the Chiefs. (laughs) They're going to be a factor as well. So the AFC is going to be extremely, extremely competitive. But generally speaking, you get to that 10-win mark, especially once you get to that 11-win mark, you usually get in the dance, especially with that extra wildcard team with the seven teams making it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... Assuming health, and of course that is a huge assumption with this football team, they they should be back playing meaningful games in January. All right, so let's keep the, the party going in terms of team success. The Ravens are plus 1,800 favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, do you think that they have what it takes to move that up just a little bit, or is the AFC just too condensed in terms of talent for them to be placed anywhere else? Plus 1,800. I mean, just looking at the odds right now that I have the teams ahead of them uh, in Super Bowl odds, the Jets, Cowboys, which is interesting, Bengals, 49ers, Bills, Eagles, Chiefs. So, I mean, I would have them above the Cowboys for sure. The 49ers, I mean, they're – it's the quarterback situation. Is yeah. Brock Purdy going to be right? We know that that roster is loaded 
right there. And then the Jets, of course, we know that's a very strong roster. Is Aaron Rodgers going to bounce back? I think plus 1,800 sounds right. I mean, there aren't a ton of teams ahead of the Ravens there. But like I said, I like their roster. Am I going to be laying any serious green on a Super Bowl? No, but I think those are solid odds. Let me add a hypothetical here. I'm I'm throwing a curveball here just because if you – if the Ravens found a way to bring in a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins into the fold, do you change your odds or do they stay the same? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I threw that one on you. I'm sorry, Tim. But, you know, I think that you're qualified enough to come up with a, a good answer for this. <laughs> I mean, I think you'd have to bump it, right? Where uh, the potential of that receiving core would be through the roof. Yeah. And we know that Hopkins, again, you're adding some more question marks here because another PED hit and he's gone. But assuming health, assuming, I mean, you're talking Odell, DeAndre, Rashad Bateman as a one, two, three. You just drafted Zay Flowers. I mean, of course. Aguilar and and Duvernay as as six receivers there. I mean, that is a loaded, loaded receiving core. You combine that with Mark Andrews still there, likely Kohler entering year two. Dobbins, he's going to be back once camp hits. The the CBA just doesn't really (laughs) allow holdouts at that that juncture. I think Dobbins is going to have a monster. I mean, there's just so many guys that you'd have to defend, you know, for an opposing defensive coordinator. It it would just be ridiculous. You'd have to bump it up. Am I going to bump it up significantly? I, I wouldn't say significant, but yeah. So like, so like sixteen. So like, uh, I'd say sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred instead of eighteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That sounds good. All right. I mean, listen, I'm with you. I do think that this roster, I think that this is a fair um, wager in terms of where this roster is and also um, where they are in the AFC. It is just such a a monstrous conference right now with all the teams. And, And there's other teams that we perceive to be that's going to be better, you know, like Denver, who got Sean Payton now as their head coach. I mean, it just really feels like it's you know, going to be a, a, a dog fight um, to the very end. So I'm good with this. I think that it belongs there. I think that um, the Ravens still are going to be a team that people would consider as a contender for the Super Bowl because of their roster construct, because of their head coach situation, and because from an organizational standpoint. So I'm good with this. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about Lamar. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like that we should have this conversation now that Lamar has gotten his contract, that he's got his new deal. You know, now he's able to focus specifically on football. And let's talk about what his odds are moving into the 2023 season. Lamar's odds are interesting, Tim. And let's talk about them. First one up, MVP. Now, we know that Lamar has already done this unanimously by the way, and I will never let people forget that because only two players have had unanimous MVPs. I think that that is something that you always have to put in the conversation when you mention his MVP that he received in 2019. But Lamar's odds for 2023 MVP are plus 1,600, basically what we gave the Ravens to win the Super Bowl if they had a DeAndre Hopkins. So how do you like Lamar's odds for winning league MVP, Tim? I think it's a good number. Some of the guys ahead of him, Trevor Lawrence, we were mentioning earlier about the Jags kind of being darlings at Justin Herbert, which is interesting. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and then Patrick Mahomes to go back to back at plus 700. But Lamar is interesting. And this is a big, big, big year for Lamar Jackson because, you know, there's no excuses now for him. And you go back a couple years ago, the offensive line, you could have put traffic cones out in front and had the same success. (laughs) And then you go last year where he had zero receivers at all. This year you return four or five starters across the offensive line. And I, I expect an even better Ronnie Stanley. This is his first year in multiple years where he hadn't had to worry about rehab. He could just work out. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, another year removed from their injuries. And both of them in contract years, very motivated. Odell Beckham Jr. didn't play a snap last year. Of course, in a contract year, signing a one-year deal, very motivated. Bateman and Flowers and Andrews and Kohler. And like, I mean, this offense is loaded. Oh, and I forgot to mention Greg Roman isn't here anymore. So <laughs> you got Todd Munkin, who I'm very excited to see. And at the couple of practices that I've been at during the offseason, it's night and day in how he conducts himself. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a very big year. And if you – I like that number. Um, and he needs to. And he doesn't have the contract anymore. And I don't care what he says or what any you're 25 years old. You're thinking about that. That is on your mind. It was kind of that dark cloud where every single press conference until that self-imposed week one deadline, we're asking contract, contract, that wears on someone. He's human. And with Lamar, you know, this is, I, I'm going to use the word consistency now with with uh, him in 2023. September in 2021 and 2022 is the best player in football. He was the early MVP candidate 
both of those years in September, and then his play tailed off a good bit before getting hurt. So now it's about stringing together that full year. And given the surrounding cast, I think he can. I agree with you. I I do think that Lamar has to work on his consistency um, because that's not new. I mean, the past two years, he's definitely done that where he's had really strong starts and he's had mediocre finishes. And and by mediocre, I'm including the fact that he wasn't able to finish those seasons. And as we already mentioned, you know, the Ravens schedule really doesn't allow them to slack up in the second half. They really have to bring it on even more in the second half due to the way that the schedule is, is constructed. So they really have to find a way to keep Lamar consistent from what he's done in early halves of the seasons to later halves of the seasons. And he also has to find a way to continue to stay healthy which he's not been able to do but I do think that if he is able to stay healthy it will give him an opportunity to be more consistent in this new offense with Todd Munkin with the new players that he received and with the guys that you've already mentioned are now fighting for new contracts like a J.K. Dobbins like a Gus Edwards because you know we know that in contract years guys typically step it up because they want to get paid the big bucks So it will be interesting to see. I do think that, you know, he can have an opportunity as good as anybody to um, win that MVP. You mentioned guys like Justin Herbert and, and I'm, I'm, I like Justin Herbert a lot. I do. I just don't know why we continue to have these conversations and Mm -hmm. he's yet to do anything for it to make us say, okay, he's, the guy you know do we think that he has the tools to be the guy sure but we know that Lamar has done this already so Lamar should already be ahead of some people just off the strength of he's been here he's done this already I I, that's where I stand with that um but I'm good with the odds because I do understand that there's guys that uh, are potentially going to be ahead of him. You could probably say Aaron Rodgers now. He has offensive weapons in New York. Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes, particularly as long as Travis Kelsey is there. So I can understand how people um, would have some guys ahead of Lamar, but some of these guys, I'm like, all right, come on now. (laughs) You got to be kidding me. There's another one that he could potentially uh, be up for, and that would be Offensive Player of the Year. Now, um, Usually we see that going to a different type of skill player, like a running back or, you know, wide receiver tight end. But, hey, you know, we can see this happening. Lamar is plus 2,200 in favor of winning the Opoi Award. What you think, Tim? Doesn't it seem like, though, Rita, and you, you sort of alluded to it, where MVP is the best quarterback award and yes. offense player of the year is usually the best non-offensive player <laughs> in in football skill position of course where you know doesn't offensive player of the year scream like a Justin Jefferson hypothetically like it, right. it, it seems like that award really skews in that direction it, it doesn't typically happen where a quarterback wins that I mean heck i I couldn't even tell you not to put either of us on the spot, but I am because you did it to me already, Rita. <laughs> won offensive player of the year in 2019. I, I couldn't even tell you when Lamar was a unanimous MVP because theoretically 
<laughs> wouldn't Lamar be the offensive player of the year if he was? I mean, I would have thought that he would have won both. I don't think that he did, uh, but yeah, it, it would have made more sense for him to win. If he's going to win a unanimous MVP, then why not win the offensive player? Because you oh, know, I, I pulled it, Rita. You want to take a guess? This is a flashback here, <laughs> even though it's four years. Derek Henry, Michael Thomas, everybody. Really? <laughs> yes, Michael Thomas. I definitely didn't see that one. Um, yeah. I, I would have picked, I would have probably picked, yeah, Henry, because, you know, probably. I just remember him having a great season. Um, but ultimately, yeah, you would think that if he's going to win that, he's going to win Opoy. But ultimately, it, it, it boils down to the fact that, like you said, MVP is now essentially for quarterbacks. And then now they have to create these offensive and defensive players to give someone else some shine because this is a quarterback driven league. So very, I don't know when the next time will be that we'll see um, a non a quarterback win MVP and thus how we receive this. Now, that being said, I don't know if we'll see a quarterback win offensive player of the year, you know, but I think that if, if Lamar doesn't win MVP, but he's played at a high level because Lamar does so many things. He can, you know, run, he can pass. He does a lot of things dynamically that other quarterbacks can't do. I can see him potentially being for the running. I think the reason why the odds are so high is because the fact that quarterbacks typically don't win that, that specific category, which makes it hard to say Lamar could win that. But I think that, you have to have that conversation if Lamar is the second best, you know, offensive player on the field. Like, you know, yeah, if he's, like he was in 2019, although he was the best in 2019. Yeah, last time it happened was Patrick Mahomes in 2018. And that's when he swept because that was he was MVP that year. That was Mahomes coming out of nowhere. But it is interesting. And when Michael Thomas won offensive player of the year in 2019, he had 149 catches that broke Marvin Harrison's catch record, but still yeah. it, it is it, personally, if I'm using my money, which I don't have a ton of Rita, I'm not going <laughs> to waste money on a quarterback for offensive player of the year, much like MVP. I don't know if I would place money on a non quarterback, right? $5. You got $5. Go five, five, all right. Five. I mean, for 22 to one, you know, yeah, you know, five dollars. Go ahead and put you know your some slurpy money on it, and, and you could be able you could be able to do it. All right, there's one more that he could potentially win, and that would be comeback player of the year. Now we know that Lamar uh, is was missed some time um, the last two years. We we all know that uh, another player that could potentially get comeback player of the year would be Odell Beckham Jr. Because as you mentioned, Tim, he has missed a whole year due to that uh, knee injury that he had in the Super Bowl in which the Rams won. So uh, Lamar is a 25 uh, plus 2,500 fa uh, favorite and Odell is plus 5,000 favorite. What do you think about those odds? So it's kind of funny, Odell, when you see the plus 5,000, that jumps out to you immediately thinking like, all right, we know Odell, we know the star power that he has. If DeMar Hamlin yeah. isn't a factor in this equation, I would put a lot of money down on Odell Beckham Jr. But the reality is, and rightfully so, 
Demar Hamlin even playing a single football game this year wins him comeback play of the year. I mean, he's minus odds. I think it was minus 500. Like, <laughs> again, I'm not. He's putting... already one of the favorites, basically. What was that? He's already one of the favorites, basically, yeah, to win yeah, that favorite. Yeah, exactly. So I, Odell screams out to me. If Hamlin wasn't a factor, I would absolutely bet Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, you know, um, sometimes sports is politics. And in this case, you know, like you said, DeMar Hamlin even playing a snap after what we watched happen um, is enough for a lot of people and would be, you know, enough to say he's my comeback player of the year because I never thought that he would play football again, let alone literally – the season after, you know, such a horrible incident happened on the field. So I agree with you. I think that, you know, DeMar probably wins this. But my thing is, is that I might put $5 down. You know, I, I ain't missing out $5. I could put yeah. $5 down on Lamar. I could put $5 down on Odell. And if I cash out on one of them, I'm going to cash out. You know, nope. now it's probably a waste of money because it probably is going to go to Hamlin automatically. But if one of those guys plays at such an exceptional level that you can't ignore their comeback, I feel like then now there's a conversation that could be had, which potentially means more money for you. Sure. I mean, it goes it goes back to the conversation that we were just having about Lamar Jackson. If he does perform at that level and have that consistency and and because of all the weapons around him has that, you know, transcendent year. Sure, then then it really does factor into the equation. But I yeah. think it would take, you know, a 2019 level, you know, for him to win comeback player of the year in addition to it, considering the, the DeMar Hamlin aspect. I agree with that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A couple more final ones uh, that we can play around with. First off is Zay Flowers, Ravens rookie wide receiver, winning offensive rookie of the year. He is coming in at plus 3,000. I'm going to tell you that I like it because I do not know the health of Odell. I do not know the health of Rashad Bateman. I think that that will potentially allow Zay Flowers to be more involved in this offense than maybe we thought he'd be um, due to injury potentially, which means that he has an opportunity to really shine uh, and, and do some things that, that people projected him to do when he was drafted in the first round. So Zay Flowers at 3,000. We like it or not? I think it's great odds uh, for everything that you were just saying. I mean, the concerns for why you wouldn't bet it is, I mean, you're always going to think of the rookie quarterbacks, Bijan Robinson, you know, he's going to be the Cal for the, for the Falcons. So uh, those are his biggest hurdles, but everything that you said, I mean, Zay, I'm super excited to see him. I mean, he was a heck of a player on some bad Boston college teams 
with a bad quarterback. And, you know, for anyone that's concerned about Marquise Brown size comparisons, they're two completely different builds, you know, being in person next to Zay and next to Marquise Brown, you can definitely say, see that right away. Um, yeah. Plus 3000 is a nice number. But like it's a, a little concern. Five dollars, L. If we're going to your five dollar well, <laughs> I'll go to your five dollar well, and I'll put money down on that. Considering the injury concerns to the top two guys. That's all I'm saying. Hey, that's a that's a good five dollar wager. That is I'm a good. To, that I'm is a good five dollar wager. I'm willing to take it and uh, see how this goes because it's very possible that he could be in the race. All right, last one, Tim. Harbaugh, Coach of the Year, plus 2,500. I need to do my research. Did he win Coach of the Year in 2019? Because I feel like he did. He did. Um, yeah. uh, that's what my – and this is just my memory going off of that. He, I feel like he won in 2019. So, obviously, he won with Lamar um, and winning the MVP. So, Coach has won uh, Coach of the Year already, uh, but he is a plus 2,500 favorite to do so this year which seems kind of high when you consider Lamar's MVP is plus 20 as as plus uh 1600 so is that a little too much of a difference in terms of like well if Lamar's MVP are we not giving coach Harbaugh the credit for that is that just all Lamar or is it a package deal um I I think there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, coach of the year, it's, it's a lot of times you need that story, right? Where Bill Belichick has one coach of the year, but you think of all of those great Patriots teams in which he did not win coach of the year. And uh, looking at the odds right now, Dan Campbell, of course, that's right ahead. If you can get Detroit back to the playoffs and yeah. the, in the NFC South, yeah, you mentioned talking about Denver earlier. Sean Payton is a prime coach of the year candidate if he can get Russell Wilson back to Russ being Russell Wilson. And gosh, Rita, if they make the playoffs after that dumpster fire of a year last year, you'd be hard <laughs> to give Sean Payton coach of the year there. Uh, you know, Robert Sala, yeah. bring in Aaron Rodgers. But I think with Harbs, I'm not saying he's Bill Belichick by any stretch, but I'm saying he's someone that has that reputation already where the guys that I just mentioned outside of Sean Payton really don't. And, and, and that's kind of where, I mean, Tomlin's another perfect. Example. Yeah. Tom, I was going to say Tomlin would be one that I would add to that list. Yeah, particularly. Like how, yeah. How many times has he won it? I'm not so sure. And I mean, it, you can make the case that he deserves some serious votes for coach of the year last year. Absolutely. For sure. he did, but because like, Oh, well he did what he always does and finishes with a non losing season, uh, whatever. Right. Like, you, you right. ignore it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, with Harbs or Bell, you, you have that consistency to where, you know, 2019, you, you take the league by storm and you're just running through teams. That was kind of the exception there, but you know, the guys that I was mentioning it, typically you're looking for the storylines. Yeah, I think this is a little bit harder um, in terms of Harbs winning because I think that four years ago, 
um, the way that the AFC was set up was completely different than how it's set up now. And that guy, teams that we, you know, didn't really think much of are now potentially threats in the AFC, like, you know, uh, the Jaguars uh, and, 20, you know, um, Burrow wasn't drafted until 2020 and then he missed a lot of the 2020 due to knee injury. So we weren't thinking about the Bengals back then as well. Um, so there's other teams that, you know, have now entered the fold in terms of who we believe could really, you know, do some damage in this conference. So I do think that this makes uh, Harbaugh's job a little bit harder because, you know, number one, you're in the AFC, two, you're in the AFC North. And three years strength of schedule for 2023 is is, is hard. And that's just what it is. So um, it, I think that this is accurate. I think this is pretty accurate. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised it's not a little higher um, in that regard. I thought it might have been a plus 3000. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I do think that this is an accurate one. Not sure if I'm putting five dollars on this one, maybe two dollars and fifty cents. I'm gonna put that in half. Um, <laughs> see if uh, I can, but okay, okay, all right. I don't want to be the cheap one, Tim. So I'll put three dollars on there. We I'll go. Three instead of no. two fifty. I'll add an extra fifty cent on this one and uh put it down for Coach Harbs for the plus 2500 to see if that uh, is going to be the case. So those are the odds for the Ravens. It's funny, we didn't even mention um, defensive player of the year and where Roquan could be. I think that that's a conversation that could be had. I mean, you know, I do think that the way that he plays linebacker is so exceptional. And I know that in today's NFL, it's probably going to go to guys that are like pass rushers and such um, that do those types of things. I just don't want to ignore um the linebacker position or even the cornerback people can say Marlon you know Marlon didn't give up a touchdown at all in 2022 but I think that Roquan could potentially really be in a position to be defensive player of the year and maybe this is just I don't know if that's me being biased but I, I go by what I see and I think that he has all of the tools you know to be this phenomenal player and that that should definitely be part of the conversation I think the two the thing that knocks both of those players and both of them are hell of, you know, football players in their own right. Marlon Humphrey, he's never been a guy to get a lot of interceptions and yeah. he had one year with the fruit punch where he had seven forced fumbles, but hasn't had a year approaching that. And with Roquan last time, a middle linebacker won defensive player of the year was 2013 with Luke Keekley. Roquan Think of it this way, Rita, where it's not to say they didn't have good stats because he did, but I, I think Eric DaCosta used the term force multiplier where the Ravens defense, you know, in the nine games that he was here, finished second overall in that stretch yep. where it's, it's the things that don't hit the stat sheet. You know, people that aren't watching every snap like we are, you know, every single Sunday probably don't understand the type of impact that he has in that regards. And Roquan kind of similarly where, and again, it's not like middle linebackers are prone for forcing a ton of turnovers anyways, but I feel like turnovers and sacks, those are the two big stats that end up determining defensive player of the year in most instances. I agree. Um, I, I definitely think that Roquan has it all. He can, 
you know, cover tight ends. He can, you know, if you need him to kind of go into the backfield, he, he can do those things too. Um, you know, if you need him to to blitz, he's able to do that too. So I do think that this is a, a conversation that that you know may be had as the season goes on because you know when you listen to him talk about this upcoming season, he just appears to be really ready and that he's done some work in the off season to to really elevate his game. So it will be fun and interesting. Ajabo, what do we think about him potentially winning? either defensive player or comeback player. Man, <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> if we have the odds in front of us, because it's got to be stupid. I mean, it's yeah. got to be like plus. I'm putting $5 on that. <laughs> Definitely. If it's like plus 10000 or whatever, that's one of those $5 bets, Rita, because I, – I, I would assume Vegas is sleeping heavily on David Jabo and, and not knocking him, but it's got to play just 21 snaps all of last season. Now, an out-of-nowhere type guy, I mean, if you want a deep cut, I'm with it. <laughs> I put $5 on it. <laughs> putting $5 on it. I yeah. am officially uh, saying that when I go to Vegas in a couple of weeks, I'm putting $5 on David Ajabo winning either comeback player of the year or defensive player of the year. I mean, you know, I'm going to risk drinking my really sugary alcoholic beverage and I'm going to put that money on David Ajabo. <laughs> you're going to have said beverage, let's be honest. Exactly. So I'm not missing much, basically. Uh, so I, we're, we're going to see how this goes. I want to thank you so much, Tim, for joining me in the replace of Cordell this week. It's been a joy. It's always fun to have you on the podcast with us. So please don't be a stranger and come back and see us soon uh, to talk some more Ravens football. You'll be going to training camp as well, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah, I'll be out there. We're we're just talking about a possible rotation. Oh, I think everybody from the station's going out, so it'll be a it'll be a fun time at one winning drive. Oh, interesting. And then of course you're on Inside Access every day from two to six p.m. Anything else? Throw your boy follow if you want at Tim Barblaze. B a r b a l a c e. I know it's a mouthful. It's a lot of letters. That's okay. We got you, Tim. I want to thank you again, and we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. So from Tim to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.